and welcome to Please Don't Make Me Watch. On this week's episode, you can expect sexy Vikings, family dinner parties, beauty pageants, and Catholic girls' schools. Yeah. Yeah, we're excited. So, have you managed to experience any culture this week? or? Oh, this week has been a busy week for me. I don't know if I've experienced any good... Oh, i tell you what I have experienced. Mm-hmm. I've been very sick. <laughs> So I know. So I've been watching Sugar Rush on Netflix, which is like Cupcake Wars, but not mm. as good. But I am very much enjoying. Can recommend Cupcake Wars to anyone. Bring it back, please. If mm. someone's listening out there, <laughs> bring back Cupcake Wars. Oh, I miss it. But this is probably quite good. It's a bit stupid program. Yeah. Sometimes we need just mindless entertainment. Literally, that is what I needed. And yeah. what about you? Have you been very cultured? Um, not cultured. I think kind of similar to you. I've been quite ill this week, but I've been binging as much as possible the new David Attenborough series. Is this Dynasties? This is Dynasties, and I, I recently haven't seen any of it. Yet. I watched the Penguin episode, and it is traumatic. I don't know if I can deal with it. You know. Oh, I I was in watching it in my room, but screaming angrily at my laptop oh. because. Can't do that to baby emperor penguins. They're no, too stop cute. it! Don't tell me. I'm not telling you. That's that's all. I I'm might just you. not watch now. It's too upsetting. Oh no! I think you should. I think it's really good. But I love penguins. <laughs> right, moving on. Moving, moving on. Moving very swiftly on. <laughs> Swift, swiftly on from death. Away. So this week we're doing a bit of a role reversal. So I asked Alice to watch some of my choice bits of trash. Ugh. And Alice asked me to watch some kind of critically acclaimed stuff, I think, is is a good way of putting it. That is a good way of putting it. It's Uh, still upbeat. I tend to watch upbeat stuff anyway, but yeah. So, how did you find The Last Kingdom? The Last Kingdom is a British-made TV show that was originally on the BBC, but now is on Netflix. Um, It's set in the 9th century AD, based on a series of books by Bernard Cornwell, at a time when England, Wales, Scotland were very separate kind of kingdoms, and England was also divided into much smaller kingdoms such as Wessex, Mercia, East Anglia. The show follows Uhtred of Bevanburgh, or Monde Bambra. Basically, it revolves around him as a fictional character, following also the life of Alfred the Great as well. Um, And I asked Alice to watch the first episode of this, I really enjoy the show because it's ridiculous, but what did you think? I had a really good time watching it. I watched it with someone else, and we had a very funny time watching it, but it was also awful. Like, it's so bad. It's it's dreadful, but it's really fun. The dialogue is beyond shit, and I could predict what was going to happen. Basically from the beginning, I would say. Yep, yep, 100%. Um, I also like how the women are literally treated as nothing in it. That was quite mm. annoying. I think that gets better as the show goes along. Because okay. I think I think in the first episode, I think you only meet two of the female characters. There the are three female, female characters. characters. One of them dies. Um, and one of them is like raped. Yay. Mm. And the other one has no lines. So that all kind of well, just annoyed Yeah, me. but I think, I think later you get certain characters like you get especially in series two you get so i have to wait till series yeah. two for the women but but well series one Jesus. you have to wait for hild the warrior nun oh okay she sounds fun yeah and isolt as well who's also in series one um, there was so much death in this oh fully. it's great i've never seen a camera angle which just shows you a knife uh, literally going through someone's stomach mm, before. It was, yeah. yeah, it was interesting. I think it didn't quite have the effect they wanted. No, it is quite comical. Yeah, there was a point at which the young Uhtred or whatever mm. and this old blind guy who's a Viking were trying to have some intimate chat or something up 
in a hall. And behind him is just like a woman strung up and then she like gets heaved into the air and then they just let her drop. Yeah. And I know that's not funny, but also it was hilarious. It's, and both yeah. me and the person I was watching it laughed at the same time. Mm. So it clearly wasn't just me being sick. And I think I think with what I like about The Last Kingdom is that it is it's quite brainless, but also I think I like it because I really like fantasy. And it does have this fantastical element. Also, it helps that Uhtred as a protagonist is just awful in every respect. Oh my God, and he's an yes. idiot, but oh, it's just so, so compelling. He's, he's fully stupid. Wow. Yeah, I mean, can we just spend five minutes talking about how beautiful Alexander Draymond is? Oh my God. They show this transition a bit like, think the Lion King Hakuna Matata, where he swings out as a cub and comes yeah. back as like a hot lion. Mm. Um, it's like that. So <laughs> it's, he like it... gets doused in water as a very quite annoying child, to be mm. perfectly honest. And then suddenly this man emerges like and you're rippling. like, Jesus and, and it's And it's kind of, it's really interesting. One thing I also quite like about it, and one thing that, this is something that... <laughs> My family watched together mm-hmm. because it's, what? Yeah, okay, we watched weird. this together. Um, but the reason that my dad really likes it because my dad gets very annoyed with historical accuracy and things. He likes that every, that all the Saxons look really grimy, but all the Vikings look really clean because that's apparently oh, is that they, Vikings were very kind of interested in hygiene and being clean yeah. and washing and stuff whereas the saxons all look quite grimy and it's why yeah, all the do. vikings you're like i'm happy for the vikings to come and invade because you are all hot mm, i think that's strong i think your predilection for beards is slightly overtaking us here to be yeah perfectly but honest, also some of them are just objectively hot so, i mean utred yes young ragnar also is Yes. One thing I also like about it is there isn't much in the first episode with Alfred the Great in it, but they make no. Alfred the Great look like a dick. And I... Everyone's a dick in this. Mm. I, we were very confused about who we were supposed to be rooting for. I think one minute good. you see someone deliberately killed, and then the next minute you're supposed to be like, but still, mm. they look after the boy. I mean, I, I do like that it doesn't kind of shy away from the violence of this period. It is, yeah. it is very, very violent, and I also like... Kind of, I think this is definitely coming as a result of something like Game of Thrones. That they are not afraid to kill off their big name stars in the first episode. Yeah, because it's true. For context and spoiler alert, uh, Matthew McFadden. Oh no, but I guess he was going to die yeah. straight away. He plays. He's. I remember in the. I act- love him as well mm. as an actor. I was quite annoyed when he died. In the trailers for the first series, he is played up a lot. Oh and really? He, he played. He plays Uhtred's father, and Uhtred, he dies. Also called Uhtred. Yes. Classic. Um, and he dies in the first twenty minutes. He is dead in the first 20 minutes. In quite a graphic way. He's also such a twat that you're like, fine, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. But I really enjoy the show, most because it involves zero thought to watch this. It's mm. just you kind of, okay, sexy Vikings, it someone's went on for dead. Too long, sexy Vikings, someone's dead. That was too long. I mean, you don't watch Game of Thrones, do you? No. I think, I think if, if, if this is very much playing to the Game of Thrones audience. This is trashy Game of Thrones. I had a very nice time watching it. Mm. I think it'd be fun to watch it with other people. Oh, yeah. Because, like, the comments, and you can realise how stupid some of the lines were. There were some lines that I wanted to repeat, and I can't remember what they are now, but mm. they were just stupid. But it just went on for far mm. too long. I mean, there was a point halfway through, which I was having, like, a nice time, and it felt like it was going to end, and then we looked at how much there was to go, and both me and the person were like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I just sort of get swept along with the stupidity of the show, mm. but I... Another thing that some people I've said to watch this to, and they've really taken away from they didn't like, was how kind of religiously zealot a lot of the characters are. Like, especially the Saxons, and mm-hmm. how kind of... it's It doesn't kind of shy away from I, uh, the violence in early Christianity. 
yeah. at this period, which I, I think it helps that it's made by a British audience. I think if this was American, mm. made by Americans, it would be very different. Mm-hmm. And I think I like, especially in later bits, you get quite a bit of dissonance between Uhtred and Alfred, because Uhtred is a pagan. Alfred, obviously, is a Christian king, and there's a whole issue with mistrust between the two of them. And it's very much sort of neither's played in a positive light. Um, they're both sort of this is what religion was like in that way. And I do I do like that it doesn't it doesn't try and glamorise the people. And it does remind me of other historical dramas that I really like, like Rome. Rome is better than this. <laughs> but again, it, I think it, what I like is it doesn't glamorise it. It's dirty, it's grungy, it's violent, and it's... Yeah, but it doesn't glamorise it to the point where everyone is a moron. I got a bit bored of what... And I know this is mm. from, coming from someone who watches, like, Made in Chelsea in America, that's a moron, no offence. Coming from someone who made show. me watch the 10-year plan. Yeah, but, like, as in, they were, like... Everyone is a moron. Mm. All of them. There's not a single character that has any sense. Oh no! I think I all. think I think Father Bayaka, played by Ian Hart, he's the only intelligent character. Is he in the it. bald one with he's the, the gears? He's the bald one. Yeah. Yeah. He's okay. also for Harry Potter fans. He's Professor Quirrell. <gasps> what? Yeah. What? That's Professor Quirrell. That changes everything. Ha. I wanted someone to be clever. I think the further. It just felt like everyone mm. just waited until they got killed. I think. By the, I think that was life. The issue with the first episode is I think you have to kind of watch episode one and two, and that's obviously an issue with this podcast is that we're only basing it off one episode. Yeah. And by the second episode, Bayoka, Ian Hart's character, is much more intelligent because it's there's a there is a time jump. Yeah. And because oh, okay. obviously Bayoka appears when Uhtred is an adult as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he is much more intelligent. Alfred is very clever. That's, that's the thing is that Alfred is not stupid. Okay. Um, as is um, Odd the Elder, one of Alfred's just, advisors. Yeah, the script was so poor. Oh, though. the script is diabolically the bit bad. It's where they're like, and then there is the last kingdom, Wessex. And it's like, oh, roll nothing. credits. You specifically put that in there. I mean, I, just in case we didn't get the point. I didn't. I didn't mind that. I think one thing I did. I do like about it is I think that the fight sequences are really well edited, and I think they're, uh, they're put they're together pretty, really well. I think they make it funny, though. I think again, that's the point. I don't think that this is a particularly serious show. No, but it's a lot of death. It's weird to make it so grungy and disgusting, and then be like. But hey, never mind, anyone gets killed. Yeah, but I think, again, it's coming off Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones does have those comedic elements. It's much less in Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is much more serious. And I think it is definitely courting the Game of Thrones crowd. And yeah. no, as no, no, a no, Game of Thrones what, fan, yeah. I'm going to buy into a hook, line and sinker. Yeah, but I watched it with a Game of Thrones fan and they were like, oh... This is like a really shit Game of Thrones. Oh, I enjoy it. I I, I had a nice time watching it, but I don't think I'd ever watch it again. No. Like, it just feels like a waste of my life. <laughs> right, fine. So we're going on to my show, which is supremely better, I would say. I will agree with you on that. Yes, okay. Um, which is Friday Night Dinner. This show started in 2011. And it's had several series since then. It's written by Robert Popper and it's based on his own um, life and his own family. And it's basically about the regular dinner experience of a British Jewish family every Friday night. So they're like bringing in the Sabbath. They're not Orthodox Jewish or anything, but they do follow the customs Mm. and things. And it's just what goes on. And yeah... I hope you loved it. I love this. I really enjoyed this. I'm going to probably pick it back up once I've once certain series that I'm watching finish. Yeah. So I think for me, the two at the moment are Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is a good place. Oh, I need to watch those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed this. I think its strength is very much the cast. 
Yes, 100%. Um, it wouldn't work if anyone was different. I mean, it does help that it has the eternal queen that is Tamsin Gregg we as the mother. You. And I think Tom Rosenthal and Simon Bird have a really good dynamic as the brothers. They do, and they, I, I, as someone with two younger brothers, mm. they remind me so much of my own family. It's unbelievable. And it's, it's weird because it reminds me a lot of Green Wing. Yeah, and I love Green Wing. Mm. And obviously Tamsin Gregg's in Green Wing, and so is Mark Heap. Mark Heap playing yes. the neighbour. Um, um, for those of you who don't know, Green Wing is um, Channel 4. Channel 4, yeah. Same, same, same as Friday Night Dinner. Mm. It's a Channel 4 comedy show with Tamsin Gregg and also Stephen Mangan and Julian Ryan Tart, yeah. who are like just a golden mm. And Michelle trio. Gomez as well. You can't go wrong with it, to be yeah. perfectly honest, about people in a hospital. Yeah, who are all awful. Yeah, they're also great. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed this. I think Mark Heap's character, for me, was, I think, the weakest element because I see him playing the same character as played in Green Wing. That's my only mm-hmm. issue, mm-hmm. is that it's it's the same character again. It might change as it gets I have a fun on. fact about that character for you, you know. Oh. Um, that character, as in the next door neighbour, Jim, who is the weirdest and oh, the potentially weirdest. most uncomfortable character I've ever experienced, experienced on, on television. Yeah. yeah, He's only in the show because Robert Popper thought it would be funny to have someone who was scared of their own dog. <laughs> so he literally wrote the entire character around that premise. I mean, it's a good premise. And it is funny. But um, also, it's a really stupid what, like reason for him to be yeah. in the show. I I really enjoyed this. I think there were some really, really solid jokes in it. I mm. think it does a good job of setting up jokes that then have payoff later, like the bit with the salt in the mug, and then oh, the, yes. the man coming to buy the sofa bed, and every, everything does pay off. There's no kind of loose threads in the episode. It's very tightly knit together. It does get a sense that this is a sort of slightly dysfunctional family and i think what they do so well is they get the sense that this is a family and they Mm. have all these in jokes already and you don't feel annoyed that they have them no you're not confused about them but you do feel like you're genuinely watching a real Mm. family despite the fact that everything's a little bit over the top yeah i'm interested to see how this plays to a non-british audience though because i think i think because because it reminded me so much of greenwing i know some of my friends that are american really hated greenwing they really didn't like it. And I'm I'm not sure how much they'd like this. I feel like this is less weird than Green Wing, though. Maybe. Oh, de- it's definitely less surreal. I yeah. think mostly because it hasn't got Michelle Gomez in it. Yeah. Who is the height of sur- surrealness in Green Wing, I yeah, think. Yeah, very true. Also, Michelle Gomez. Fabulous. <laughs> we love you. To be fair, mm. I think if this was an American thing, this would not be... The idea of a Friday Night Dinner would actually be a very serious off-Broadway play about yeah. like the trials and like everyone would have a secret that yeah. they eventually reveal in a dramatic mm. monologue mm. where they went, Mum, Dad, it's time you knew that I, yeah. in fact, I don't know, insert like relevant stereotype <laughs> I've joined a cult. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I Another thing this also reminded me of, kind of in terms of sort of, I don't know if this is the correct term, but I like to think of them as box comedy. So comedies where all the comedy takes place in one place. So think the bookshop in Black Books. Mm. Um, the in this, it's well, sitcoms. The, it's in that's yeah. what it means. Yeah, it's, it's sitcoms, but they're not necessarily ones like Friends that move around a bit more. Yeah, this one has episodes where it moves around mm. a bit more. I mean, yeah, again, obviously it's episode one that I'm watching, but it's more bottle episode-y than yeah. anything. The one, the thing it really reminded me of as well is Abfab. I love Abfab. I think I did oh. prefer Abfab to this, um, um, just just because. I will forever. But I don't know hold why a... it reminds you of it. I don't. I think. I think it's 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 that kind of it's the familial relationship that reminded me of Amphan between Jennifer Saunders and Junior Swalaha. Oh, I think it's much. I feel like it's such a less like toxic. Oh, I think I think it's much. It's nowhere near as nasty. Yeah. But there is that kind of that frustration, that annoyance that's in Amphan. 
that is in Friday Night Dinner. Um, oh, I didn't get that at all. I also, I also just, I mean, any opportunity I'm going to get to remind to myself of Joanna Lumley. Yeah, okay. Because I love Joanna Lumley. She's amazing. And I did, I did like kind of the little touches that I think you wouldn't have necessarily got. Like that Tamsin Greg's quite clearly wearing a wig. And oh, it's, yeah. a, it's, it's a wiggy wig. Yeah. It's and and that wig. has like little visual things as well that sort of go throughout the whole thing. Like the bread that's being served at the dinner. Yeah. And it, it all really added up and there was lots of layers to it and, and it was idea funny. this like a lovely bit of squirrel jackie yeah you know like they've got these in jokes mm. and they all know them and it's it doesn't feel forced it doesn't feel yeah. like one of those things where they deliberately put mm. a stupid in joke in to make you be like wow exposition these yeah. people know each other and that was that was another point where it reminded me of abfab was that it's, it didn't even try and establish the characters it was like here they are yeah which i love about mm. it because it is just you accept mm. them and because they're so familiar even though the dad is so weird the boys are pretty normal, to be honest. No, like, I mean, the boys are, yeah, they're... The boys are, like, annoying boys, they're dicks, to be but... perfectly honest. Like, they're, like, all my cousins and friends at school mm. and my brothers. Yeah. Um, which I love. Mm. But, yeah, it's a bit over the top, but in a very subtle way. And, like, yeah, I just love it. I think it's such a I good think, show. I think, yeah, it's, it's... I'm glad you liked it. It's really good. I, I think I'm definitely going to pick it up again. Yay! Success! Yeah. But now it's time to go to the movies. Yeah. So, this is my supreme, supreme trash film. Alice, how did you find Miss Congeniality? So, Miss Congeniality is from 2000. It's directed by Donald Petrie. Um, stars Sandra Bullock as FBI agent Gracie Hart, who must go undercover at a beauty pageant to thwart a terrorist plot. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. How did you find it? I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah! Like, it was so obvious that I was going to enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Been, like, you weren't wondering, were you? I mean, I mean, the reason I gave you this to watch is because I was shocked you had not seen this film. So why? I thought it was about... Like, I completely didn't get the premise. I thought it was a teen film about... Like, a te- I'm sure there is... It's called Never Been Kissed! That's what it's called, and I've never seen it. And I always get the two confused. Uh... Because one of them is definitely about, like, a reporter or someone who goes mm. undercover in a school, and then, like... I think has a thing with one of the the people in the school. I have no idea. I need to. Look, I'm going to Google this, but just thinking, I thought it was that because Miss Congeniality. Yeah. And like, it just and I just found that I was like, I don't want to be made uncomfortable about the school. No, yeah. thank you. But actually, no, this was really fun, and I don't really like Sandra Bullock, but I thought she mm. was fantastic in this. Oh, so this is fair play to her. This is one of I think her best roles. Yeah. I think also Michael Caine is fantastic in this. Michael Caine is fantastic, and that was un- like unexpected. Yeah, um, Michael Caine plays basically the sort of pageant coach of Santa Bullock's character, and it's weird seeing Michael Caine play this- play camp, play camp. Not that camp, but like subtle camp. I really liked it. It, it reminded me. It really reminded me of Julian Clary. <laughs> That's not subtle camp. But no, no, no. Kind of in the way that Julian <laughs> Clare like holds himself. It was that. It was very much mm. body position rather mm-hmm. than sort of affect. Because Michael Caine, you're not going to change his voice because I'm Michael Caine. That's how he that sounds. Awful, that was a yeah. terrible Michael Caine impression. I I really love this film. I think there are so many just iconic lines in it. You like, wanna love me? You wanna kiss me? You wanna marry me? Which fun fact? Me and my friend once. Uh, this was this was a very much a kind of running joke between the two of us. Whenever one of us came home late, normally from like the library, we'd be like, "What were you doing?" Also, um, the iconic. Um, What's your favorite date? April twenty fifth. It's not, not too hot, hot not, not too cold. cold. All, All you need, need is a light jacket. 
Oh, that and, was so good. And, I've seen that before, but like, yeah. that was great. And look at Miss Georgia. How come she gets to wear a one piece? <laughs> it's 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 so much fun. This film. It is really good fun. Um, it is very interesting to me that they clearly thought it was a feminist film. <laughs> Sorry to bring up like women again. Yeah. God, what am I like? But also like, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. There's a bit in this where for people who haven't been watching where they're trying to find someone in the spy network or whatever to go undercover mm. as a beauty pageant queen. And what they do for this is they go through their database and they find a little bit of an app or a software or something yeah. that allows them to take any woman who works for them and put them in a bikini, in an image. Mm. And all the male cops or spies yeah. or whatever gather round mm. to watch the screen. Yeah. And it was so uncomfortable. And I thought... This is so dark. Um, hopefully, Sandra Bullock will be along soon and be like, what the fuck are you guys think you're doing? Oh, no, no, no. She was front and centre eating popcorn and laughing away because she's one of the lads. Yay. Mm. Yeah, it, that's, I think, the. I'd say that's that the scene that really hasn't aged well from this so film. So dark. Um, oh, but my it's... God. And it's only, they only switch it off when they start doing the men and then all the men are like, yeah. oh, oh, no, no, no I can't no, even no. in a bikini. Ugh. And it's like, oh, so you're not fine with doing it to you, but you are fine yeah. with doing it behind random women's backs. You have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. That's there, cool. There's definitely some uncomfortable moments, I think, early on in the film, but once you get to the beauty pageant proper, it's just a it's Well, a I mean, they're ride. really rude about beauty pageant girls. Oh, they are, but I think that's not new. Yeah, but like it would have been cool. Like I know that I'm thinking with modern sensibility or yeah. contemporary sensibility and it's not made for that, but it would have been nice to have like one clever pageant girl who wasn't Oh no, I think wrong. I think I one one bit I actually really like is the talent show. Because there are other kind of classic like talent show people. But yeah. for me I'm a musician, I liked that one of them is clearly a very good flautist and the other yeah. one is an opera singer. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's clear that kind of They are genuinely mm. talented, yeah. And I see that they like have got And the bit in the, the bit of the paint party I also really like where it's kind of clearly they do want to do this a lot. Yeah, and they like mm. I like the bit where she gets pizza and they're all like pizza <laughs> Yeah. I relate to that a lot. I, I, I mean also just in terms of another iconic moment, which is when I think it's Miss New York goes, This is for all the lesbians out there. I can do it, you can do oh, it. That was amazing. And I was it like, comes out of no Ah, but it, and then her girlfriend's like, I love you! It's, and, it's, and that's the kind of that tone, that's mostly the tone of this film, is it is stupid. And I think it helps that Sandra Brooks really good and uh, Miss Rhode Island. Miss Rhode Island is so cute. So cute, like, who is name. played by, we sorry, we're just up. quickly looking it up. Heather Burns. Heather Burns yes. plays um, Cheryl Fraser, Miss Rhode Island. And she has she has the iconic December uh, April 25th line, and she also has, I stole the pair of red pennies. They were the devil's pennies. <laughs> like, which was just, she has so many great lines. And also, it's helped by the fact that the guy who is the love interest, Benjamin Bratt, is smoking. Mm, yeah. I like him. He was very cute. Yeah, and it's also got William Shatner as kind of the, the sort of, the host that is, is so William Shatner is? Yeah, it's William Shatner. Oh. It's old William Shatner, after he, obviously he was Captain Kirk. I was so interested in Eric Matthews, I even looked up Benjamin Bratt now. But he's like 50 now. Yeah. Oh, R.I.P. But it's, it, it, I think it's... As an R.I.P. my crush, not R.I.P. Benjamin, that wasn't a threat. Yeah. And I think, I think also it does a really good, I think the villain, how they initially mask the villain quite well, and then... Yeah, and then, and it, then it becomes so obvious. Obvious, so it is. But it's, it's very fun. <laughs> Yeah. And it's it's quite irreverent, and I think it is one of those films that you can just... I call it an ill. It's the preem, supreme ill film. You're ill, yeah. you put it on. It involves no thought to watch yeah. this film. 
and you just sit back and you just enjoy the ride. You enjoy Sandra Bullock in a dirndl playing the water glasses. Yeah, that was cool. And she knows how to like, was it S-I-N-G? Uh, yeah, Sound Effects is in-step nose groin. Yeah, there you go. That's how you learn to define yourself. I watched a trailer for Miss Congeniality 2. I know you told me not to watch this thing. And it looks awful. So Miss Congeniality 2, we pretend, does not exist. It's like Legally Blonde 2. I can't believe Sandra Bullock agreed, but also... There is, there is one good thing about Miss Congeniality 2, and that is the outfit that Sandra Bullock has to wear, the, the yellow plumey oh thing, God, yeah. which is just fabulous, but also no, no. Miss Congeniality 2 does not exist. Oh yeah, and also for like rom-com fans, this is such the classic like, oh my god, she looks like a man, so he's not interested. But all of a sudden, mm. she has her hair done and she puts on a dress, and he's suddenly like, wow, yeah. you're so beautiful. See, I'd, I'd say this is, I think it's as much more on the side of comedy than rom-com. Like, it's it's definitely yeah. more comedic. Cause I yeah, think, definitely, because a rom... Because the romance isn't the central it's, thing. It's, it's much more of a side plot. Yeah, I'd say it's much much more important is Sandra Bullock trying to thwart the terrorist plot yeah. and the relationship between her and the other and the other contestants I think is much more important yeah no I really really enjoyed it I, yeah. I had a very nice time I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad now that you've finally seen this yeah, film yeah me too and I just about it with my colleagues and they were like uh, April 25th <laughs> it's not it. it was very good iconic iconic quote along with them also I'm right Never Been Kissed is the one that I was thinking of ah, it's I about seen it's got Drew Barrymore in it and She's a copy editor and she wants she has to report undercover at high school. She's 25 to help parents become more aware of her children's lives. So she goes to school and then she gets in with like the popular kids uh, or something. That sounds quite And then icky. she become, develops a crush on her English teacher. So it is actually more okay, I suppose. Yeah. But it's also just like I find it uncomfortable mm. that she's they come it'd be like one of us like she's it would be older than us going to a school and like spying on the children no, no. that's so uncomfortable to me yeah i don't think i'm going to check that one out but I'm watch miss congeniality um oh yeah do watch miss congeniality worth it and my film is not in the same lines but it is a like uh, a story about female friendship, I think, in many ways. Yes. Um, much more on the nose kind of thing. It's like a great coming of age film, which is Ladybird. So, Ladybird is a film from 2017, directed by Greta Gerwig and starring the inevitably good Saoirse Ronan and also Laurie Metcalf. It's an American coming of age yeah. comedy drama film. <coughs> And it was written by Gerwig as well. And it's um, set in 2002. So what I really liked about it is how it's set. It's the first kind of coming-of-age film that I've seen set in a time that I vaguely remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's a coming-of-age story about a high school senior who's like Catholic girls. Or mixed school, actually. I think. Yeah. No. Wait. No, there's, no, it's a separate... I think it's a separate girls and boys school. At a Catholic school. And it's about her relationship with her mother and kind of... One of those classic coming of age, like, yeah. who am I? What is my identity? Mm. And was nominated for all sorts of awards. So, what did you think? I love this. Yes! I I, oh my god, I, yay! I thought it was excellent. Yeah. Um, I think the main reason it is so good is that the you completely believe that Saoirse Ronan and Laurie Metcalf are a mother and daughter. And I think, had that relationship not been so strong, the whole film, the whole film falls fail. down. Um, I also think... The script is good. I think the direction both manages to make the film set in Sacramento. It manages to make Sacramento look 
both beautiful and dull at the same time. Yeah, which is a really difficult thing to do. Really difficult. I think Beanie Felsing, who plays uh, Julie, her best friend, yeah, is also so really great. good. Lucas Hedges is excellent. Lucas Hedges is so, like, mm. sad and funny and lovely. Yeah. And just great. And, and I, Timothy Chalamet is also Timothée every Chalamet. fucking fuckboy you've ever met. Oh, Tim- Fucking Tim- life. Timothy Chalamet is the classic, like, philosophy twat. He's called Kyle and he's like, oh, I don't have phones because they're going to, like, take over the world. Yeah. And you, what, as soon as she goes up to him, you know that she's going to fall madly in love with him mm. and you know that he is such bad news and you yeah. know that you would do exactly the same thing in her mm-hmm. shoes. Yeah. Which I think it's such a great combination. He... He manages to be a twat without being, like, a, such a... Such a caricature as well. Yeah. He... Yeah. Mm. I think one thing I did really like about Tim... Timothy Chalamet character is that you fully know that today he is a flat earther or a raw vegan. No, no, not flat earther. I think raw vegan. Raw vegan because cooked food is poison. Yeah, um, voted for Trump. Um, all of those sort of things. Oh no! And no, no, because he's so he's so anti-establishment. That's the thing. Is no, but I don't think he'd. So, I don't. Think oh he'd no, he he wouldn't have voted. Spoil his ballot. Yeah, he'd be like, I didn't yeah. vote because like I chose not to participate in a mm. corrupt system. Yeah, but Sir like, Ronan is inspired cat. I would wouldn't have, if you show me this script and you said who would play this, I don't think I would have landed on Sir Sharonan. She just but illuminates the screen. She's wonderful. And then And you Lady but like as in sorry, but if a girl at my school started calling herself Ladybird instead of Christine, I'd be like, get back like <laughs> you can leave. But Bye. there's the door. But because of the way she plays it Yeah. It's so mm. you don't find that annoying. You think it's you just genuinely feel for her, and you're like you're clearly trying to find who yeah. you are. That's really difficult, and mm. um, that's fair yeah, enough. And it could so easily be quite an annoying mm. character. And it's very heartfelt. And I think there are some also quite comedic moments. Like there's a fight between Julie and Ladybird, where uh, they so they were doing the Tempest and Drama Club, and Ladybird hadn't gone back. And Julie goes to Ladybird. They have cast you in a role. It's the Tempest. And Ladybird goes, there isn't a character called the Tempest in the Tempest. It is. It's the titular role. Yeah. And, it, and so those little things I think really work. And Oh my God, the best, my favourite, like just joke that's mm. in it is when the, it's actually quite sad, but the priest who runs drama club has to take some time out yeah. for like some personal reasons. And also as a Catholic, I have to say I really appreciated a film that looked at the Catholic, like Catholic people, mm. not necessarily the, the church, institution, yeah. but Catholic people as genuinely nice and mm. understanding and had, didn't have anything about sexual abuse because I know that that is a problem, but it was yeah. lovely to see what I have experienced with the church mm. or like not even of the church, but of like various people mm. reflected. So they have this bit where he has to leave for like just some sad reason. Yeah. So they get the football coach priest to take over. This was brilliant. Oh my god, it's amazing. They do the play and he's like, Yes! Great work team! And like behaving like essentially an American football coach yeah. on the sidelines. And the kind of looming institution of the Catholic Church, because obviously yeah. it's a Catholic school. I did like it's set in two thousand two. This is obviously after the Boston Globe Spotlight papers yeah. broke. I don't know if you've seen Spotlight. Yeah, I have. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I did like that it didn't get bogged down in it because I think it very could have easily gone that way because instead it decided, no, this film is not about that. This film is about Lady Bird. Yeah, exactly. And I think there, I'm so glad that things are being made about how corrupt and awful mm. it is. But at the same time, that, that yeah, this film isn't about no. that. And like the nun who is 
the head of the school is so great. Uh, she's so nice. She's oh, she's wonderful. They play a prank on her where they tie like just married, married to, to Jesus. Jesus balloons and like banners on her car as if she's like driving off after a wedding. And she calls them and turn off her office, and she they think they're in trouble. And she's yeah. like, I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, and you're like yeah. accurate. Yeah, um, and I think. I mean, I think we haven't actually really talked that much about Laurie Metcalf, so I think we should, because Laurie Metcalf, I think most people knew her as a comedic actress from things like SNL. So I don't really know the Big her Bang at Theory. all. But this, it's kind of one of those performances where you, where you watch her and you think, oh, wow, you can do a very serious dramatic role. Do you know what I find interesting is that I went to see this with my mum and I mm. cried at the end. I think the end mm. is so emotional. And my flatmate, who had a similar experience growing up and stuff also cried mm. so like we found it very like personal and like I don't know this kind yeah. of age idea and she goes into this church and listens to them service and then calls mm. home and I was like not sobbing but like gently crying yeah. by the end and my mum completely didn't get that mm. at all and she said that she found the horribleness of the mother so unforgivable and ununderstanding. Mm. I didn't think the mother was horrible at all. I thought the mother, the mother really cared, but also just was frustrated and sort of she was worn down. Because Ladybird, as a character, for most of the film, is a bit of a dick. Yeah, in the way that teenagers are. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's not in like an exclusively she's a dick way. More in just like you're a teenager. Yeah, you're, you're awful naturally because you're a teenager. A <laughs> um, and I. I, I mean, the character I think I identified most with was Lucas Hedges' character just because it was very sort of reminiscent of my growing up. But I get why you relate so much to this film. I didn't cry at the ending, but also I, I don't I didn't relate to Lady Bird because I don't... Mm. I'm not that... I never had that, like... No, 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 that no. That kind of thing. But you could... It was just the ending, the kind of feeling... I think it was the feeling when you leave home mm. or you go to university and it's all up to you all of a sudden. Yeah. And you are kind of on your own and that's so liberating and yet so kind of terrifying. Mm. And like that was the bit at the end where I just thought... And then she goes into something that reminds her of her childhood. Yeah. And I think that's what I found the most that emotional, was, moving bit because I was just like... Well, that was, that was I think, definitely the, most, the emotional peak of the film and I was glad it basically just sort of escalated until the end. Yeah. And I definitely had that when I went to uni. I mean, I remember on the first night of Freshers' Week getting so drunk because I was so terrified and having to be carried home at like 11 <laughs> because I just couldn't deal with I it. I remember just waking up and being like, if I don't go to breakfast, no one's going to know. Yeah. Like, as in, no one will care, no one will know that I haven't been, no one will come and check on me. Mm. It's literally up to me whether I do this or not. Which yeah. is great, but also like... It's terrifying. Holy shit. And I, I really thought this film was quite excellent. And I think there, were, there was possibly a couple of things I would have changed, but they are tiny, tiny, minor things. For me, the music didn't evoke the period very much, just for me. You're as a music person. Yeah, as a music person, I'm going to notice that. that. But it was it was such a minor thing because I thought the direction and the performances was so strong. And I I mean I love character driven pieces, and this was definitely and it's beautifully uh, filmed. It's beautifully shot, and I haven't seen Francis Harvick, Greta Gerwig's also done. I haven't seen that, and I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it because I'm I'm very interested by. It. I've heard more mixed things than I have about this because I think everyone that I know who's seen this has loved it. Yeah. Because it was I think for a while the highest rated film on Rotten Tomatoes really? until it got one mixed review and has since been usurped by Paddington 2 well Paddington 2 to be fair I mean iconic Paddington 2 is uh, will anything ever beat Paddington 2 uh, I, I love it I love it it's I mean, yeah it's but I think I think Lady Bird is an astonishing bit of cinema 
I'm so glad you mm. thought that. Okay. I was, I was. It took me about five minutes to get on board with it, but I think you needed that five minutes of setting Ladybird up. Yeah. And I thought, oh. And I think you do mm. really need to get into the relationship between her and her mum because definitely at, there were points where I thought this mum is being such like. I don't know. Maybe I was just very lucky growing up. But I just thought she was so mean. I, I didn't get that she was being mean. I get that she saw potential and saw potential she being didn't wasted. Go. See her be careful. Yeah, but then she went back afterwards. No, but that's not enough. Like, yeah, it's not I know. A child. I know. I'm sorry, but like, that's yeah. not good enough. But also, I think if the I way that Ladybird had let's be honest, it's a film him. about people failing a lot. Isn't oh yeah, it? like most of the film. So as long as you see it, I think. As partially about the mother feeling mm. herself, yeah, then it becomes okay. But there were just points where, like, I was, I just was so angry at yeah. my mum, and I know my mum was very like, "How dare you do that to your daughter? I would never do." That. Mm. So, that's yeah. the only thing I was slightly, mm-hmm. I don't know, upset about or whatever. But no, the time's come for the leaderboard. The leaderboard. So, Woo-hoo. what would you give? The Last Kingdom. The Last Kingdom, I'm going to give a three, I'm afraid. That low? It's rubbish. Oh, it is rubbish, but I think it, I think there are... It's there better are... than the 10-year plan, but it's rubbish. Oh, uh, see, I, I would, I've given it a six. It's I think so there are quite bad. a lot of elements that I think are really good. I think the direction's good. I like the sort of art style of it, but I think three is being very harsh. <laughs> it's half as good as ANTM, and I gave that six. I, I see I would I would put ANTM and that quite equal. Right, what would you give Friday night dinner? I give it an eight. Nice. I think okay, strong. Because it is it is good, I think for me, just because coming off one episode it is difficult to gauge it, but I know I give it an eight as well. Mm. This is not my favourite comedy, no. but I love it and I would watch it any time, does that make sense? And what would you give Miss Congeniality? I'd like to give it higher, but I have to take marks off for the anti-feminism yeah. of it, which does really irritate me. Mm. And did actually, to be a boring like millennial who's like, oh, it's just really spoiled them watching it the film. It just, yeah. I don't know. Personally, it, as a woman, it's really and upsetting to see that it does, it does stick the, out in as as the to- against the tone of the rest of the film. I think. Yeah, and it it was upsetting to watch mm. that and be like, oh, great, that's like maybe that's okay yeah. for guys to do that in some way. Mm. Um, so I'd give it a. Um, Oh, I'm I'm rating it against the other thick scores that I can see. Let's go for a seven. A yeah, seven. I'll go for a seven. I would I would agree with a seven, and I would give Lady Bird a nine. I think for me, I, for me, the, the yeah, the, the I actually of, agree with you. I'm I'm gonna yeah, agree with you again. There are a couple of little things that for me just pull it under from being a perfect score. For me, primarily, it's the music. Um, but I'm such a rogue. Like I'm a musician. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fair, yeah, yeah. So. As the leaderboard now currently stands, we have Ooh. a new number one film. Yes, we do. We have Ladybird. Yes, well done, as, me. As number one film, just pipping out that the right one in, but the West Wing still sits at the number one oh spot. Oh my god, on I'm now regretting that I gave the like the right one in so high because I just think Ladybird is so much better. But I, I mean, I think I think they're very similar films. I think way. we were quite generous in our first episode, is what I'd have to say. I, I mean, still at the bottom Except of the, the tenure, tenure plan. plan. <laughs> I think you've been very harsh on the last game. I have not been very. It's harsh much last... better than How to Be Single, no, which I is point five above it. I oh strongly no, disagree. no! I think it's much better than How to Be Single. So for next week. Next week, yes. Back usual service has resumed. Yes. Um, we're going to be watching... You're going to be watching... Yeah. What's my TV? The first episode of Gilmore Girls, which is 
such a great show. Okay. Very female-oriented, so I'm quite mm. interested to see what you think. I will say I've often got Gilmore Girls mixed up with Pretty Little Lies. From just Very sort of different. I mean, I haven't watched Pretty Little see, Lies. See the aesthetic of the two of them just sort of in flashing. I'm like, oh, that's Gilmore Girls. No, that's Pretty Little Lies. Oh, Yeah, and... but Gilmore Girls is like cosy fun and Pretty Little Lies is like dark okay. teenagers drama. Okay. What am I watching? Uh, you are watching... A bit of road choice, but the second episode of Walking with Dinosaurs. We're going documentary. Weird, like, fake documentary. Weird, fake documentary that still is informative. Scientifically based. This is a series of six episodes about different times of dinosaurs, and it's a show that informed my childhood very strongly. Nice. And you're going to be watching a film as well, which is Wet Hot American Summer, which is such a mindfuck of a film. Okay. I think you'll enjoy it. We'll see. We'll see. I've, I've, heard, I've heard some good things about it. Yeah, I think you'll like mm. it. And what am I watching? You are watching The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Yeah. Because we, I mean, we both love Drag Race, we also, also love drag, and I think this is a film, it's about drag queens. I, I couldn't ask for anything more. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's great fun. Love Priscilla. Let's hope I finish it. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the end of this week's episode. Thank you all for listening. If you want to follow us on various social medias, we're on Twitter at Don't Make Me Watch. And we're on Instagram at Please Don't Make Me Watch. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.